let's go. In my chain, iconic, iconic, victorious. Whenever the mic's on, stay getting it. If it's foul play, see the semis clap. Bad Brazilians with hourglass figures and doobie raps. Wordplay is wicked, it's wild flower, this wild power got me flying over the globe. Nigga, where you be at? Not where I be. Rich, wealthy, and ruthless in Morocco, blowing cohibos, striving for more chips. Steady cheese, guap, pigs, bread, cream, whatever. From the projects to small islands, we run together. It feel good, don't it? Compliments, I'm yours truly Some people doubt it, but fuck it, my sauce rolls Judge wise when I'm connecting dots, I'm so smooth Make a toast for the king diamond, I'm that dude Fantastic, repetitive classics My style's made to dress you, a style on you bastard From the drug game, I learned how to stay focused Back up in this, yeah, giving the world is fixed Hustlers mentality, you know me, suffer slinging that shit Apply the same rules to music and watch words flip Yeah yeah, what up, doe? What up, doe? Welcome back to another episode where you know the flex already, fam. Welcome back to Raptors Flex Plus. I am your host, Kyle, and I hope everybody's doing blessed outside. Hope everybody's doing blessed, man. You know, I started off a little bit different today playing some music because, you know, they're going to hit you with the copyright strikes, but I don't care today. I don't care, B. I don't care, man. Like, I've had to be dealing with some business recently. You know what I'm saying? Just handling my stuff outside of outside of personal life, outside of the podcast. Just, you know, making sure everything is right for me and my family. So, yeah, man, that's where I've been at. But I've also been watching the games. And the Raptors, yo, they were doing well, man. They were doing well. You know, we got that three-game win streak that we've been looking for, like, the entire season. (laughs) Gosh, damn. Yo, that took a long time, though, fam. Because remember, we're talking about, like, how Darko is saying how he's going to buy the man them dinner and stuff, like, long time from time, like when Siakam and OG was here and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I voiced my displeasure. With that whole ordeal, you know what I'm saying? I I, I don't like it, you know. And, and and I know a lot of people are making light of it, making jokes of it. Oh, pizza party! Raptors are having a pizza party, and they're kind of just like, you know, it's like a sly thing. But like for me, like obviously, podcasting is gonna be fun and all that type of stuff. But listen, yo, like I don't really hear no one talking about this like right now. You know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, again, I don't get to listen to everybody. I know there's a lot of awesome content creators out there that are making wicked Raptors content and stuff. But, like, bruh, we got to aim our, like, goals higher than a three-game win streak and then tell the man them that you're going to get dinner if you can get a three-game win streak. Like, guy, those bars are set way low. Way low. I don't like it, B. I don't like it. What is that? If you win three games in the NBA, now mind you, yo, I don't want to like downplay it, okay? Because obviously, all of these guys are top of top at their career, at their profession, NBA players. Even the 12th man on the bench, the 15th man on the roster, you know, you go try to play one of these guys one-on-one or they come to your gym or they come down to a court or the Y or something like that. Guy, you're getting dust out by like the 15th best player on a roster. You know what I'm saying? So it's not to say that like, Oh, it's so easy to win three games in the NBA. 
you know, three games in a row. But let's be real here, right? That bar is set way too low, fam. Way too low. And even if that is the case, or you're like, yo, we're going to go on a three-game win streak, whatever, by the man didn't. Like, that should not be the motivation for the win streak. And that's why I have the problem, yo. Like, that shouldn't be, like, a motivational tool for the man them to go out and win, yo. Especially in a year. We're coming into the year. The Raptors, the goal for the Raptors was that they want to win games. They want to make the playoffs, but they also want to continue, like, developing players, right? Like, at the time, you have Scotty Barnes, you know? You still want to develop him. You just um, drafted Grady Dick and stuff. Like, yo, like, development time was there too, right? But, like, obviously the Raptors came out and they wanted to win. So you're telling me with a squad that had, like, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, Jakob Pertl, you know what I'm saying? Whoever else I'm missing, that the goal was to win three straight games? Rubbish, bro. Rubbish. Rubbish. But nevertheless, as a Raptors fan, I am happy. I'm happy. But not for the three-game win streak. Like, the three-game win streak is great and all. But I'm happy for, like, what I'm seeing on the court from a development standpoint. All right? Now, I know that the Mavs came into our building yesterday and they beat us. You know, the game was, like, pretty even going into halftime. Like, the Raptors' offense was not the problem so much in this game. Like, sometimes it might have a stretch where you go missing and stuff and then you're not able to, like, stop. The Mavericks, but the Raptors scored 125 points in this game. And don't be kidding yourself either. The Mavs played the night before, right? Because Max Struess went and hit four threes in like the late of the game, the like in like two minutes or something like that, in a minute or something like that. Well, I forget what it was, but Max Struess went wicked down the stretch of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And then he hit like a beyond half court three point heave to send the Mavericks home, yo to send the Mavericks home. But the Mavericks didn't go home. They jumped on a plane and they came to Toronto. You know what I'm saying? The very next day, Raptors arrested. You know, we, we're on this home, this home, um, this home game road stand, or not a home stand right now. Is that, is that how you say it? A home stand? <laughs> yeah, I'm blanking out my brain, yo. But you know what I'm trying to say right now. You know what I'm saying? We're playing games at home, so mans are in their bed. They're resting up. You know what I'm saying? You get to see your family if they live with you. Some of the younger players, maybe you don't got your family living with you or whatever. But you get a chance to just, like, do you. You go to practice. You play a game. But you're doing you. You're not, like, on the road going from hotel to hotel where that becomes very strenuous for anybody, no matter what profession you're in. If, if your career, your job requires you to travel often, then it's difficult going from hotel to hotel. You know, and NBA players, like, this is just part of the deal. You know what I'm saying? If you want to play in the NBA, like, that's what you're signing up for. So when you start playing ball from young and then you continue to develop your skills and you really, like, put your best foot forward and then you end up being one of the best players in the world because the NBA is the best basketball league in the world don't want to hear anything else we all agree about it globally that's like the one thing that like everybody in the world agrees with <laughs> during these crazy times that we're living in but i think everybody worldwide agrees the nba is the best basketball league in the world okay 
So you're signing up for this, right? So the expectation is, is that you know that you're going to have road trips and stuff like that. But for the Mavs, when you're coming off such a tough loss, right, because you're up in that game and Cleveland's just battling you, battling you, and then a man went wicked down the stretch and then hit a beyond half-court three-point shot to send your bags packing to the, whole, to the airport, yo, you're cheesed for sure. But like the legs, you know what I'm saying? Because bands are playing down the stretch. So, like, your legs get heavy and stuff like that, especially you'd expect that in the second half of the game, of, of the back-to-back. Not like, like, you might be able to sustain for the first half. But the Mavs were, like, running up and down the court all night long. Luka's getting whatever he wants. And the, the Mavs made their run in the second half. So, I don't want to, like, you know, downplay what the Raptors have done recently. Right. Obviously, you want to get that game off of the type of loss that the Mavs had. And for that matter, they're on the road, you know. But the reason why I'm like happy with what I see right now is because the development of our players, our young players, because we got a lot of them. (laughs) We got a lot of them. Some of them are kind of MIA right now, and I'm not sure really what's happening with that and I'll get to that soon when we start talking about the Jordan Noirs of the world and stuff like that. But like recently, what I'm seeing from this team after the All-Star break is a team that looks a little bit more cohesive. A little bit more cohesive. And that's kind of what I've been saying I've wanted to see from these guys coming out of the All-Star break, right? What do you look like? So that's why I was taking a little time back. Aside from handling my professional stuff, aside from the podcasting and stuff, I'm like, yo, let me just see what this team looks like for a good sample size where I can come back and talk about them. You know what I'm saying? And, like, Grady Dick has continued to show that he can be a solid NBA player. A solid NBA player. The shot is going down for him. The three-point shot is going down for him because that was one thing that we've been talking about with Grady Dick for a while, fam. We're like, yo, bro, where's the three-point shot? You know what I'm saying? And everybody and their mom says, yo, Grady Dick is more than just a three-point shooter and all that. And I'm on board for that. And I'm seeing that recently, by the way, as well. I'm seeing a full complement of what he's capable of. But, again, I, I, I always thought his superpower was to shoot the three. So when we weren't seeing that to start the season, I wasn't trying to jump out the window and everything. I'm like, well, I don't know if the Raptors made the right pick. Like, there's other players that are kind of outperforming him that were drafted after him. Like, those types of things, right? I think it's just natural as a fan. Because this is a fan channel, right? This is a fan channel. Raptors Flex Plus. Sub up. If you're not subbed up, please like the video. All that, right? So, like, I'm like, yo, Grady, where's the three-point shot, bro? Where's the three-point shot? And if you're just struggling and stuff, cool. But you'd expect him to have, like, a little bit more success with what I believed your superpower was prior. And, like, obviously the Raptors are trying to win games at the time, so he's not getting the minutes. Set the boy down to the G League and everything. But I love, absolutely love his resilience and his mental toughness, man. And that's a player that I want on my basketball team, a guy that has mental toughness. Yeah, things aren't going well for you. You were drafted unlucky 13. But don't let that be the reason why you don't show out in the NBA and do the things that you know that you're capable of, right? 
So the three-point shot's going down for him, but I also love the way that he's taking shots and making decisions off of the three-point shot, meaning like when they're like blitzing him out there on the three-point line, he's either taking a pump fake, stepping in, shooting a shot, or he's taking a pump fake, stepping in, and making the pass. And that's another thing that I'm really loving from Grady Dick right now as well, showing me his basketball IQ, making the right plays by making the right passes, you know? Like, the man is also, like, making the right cuts and everything. He's reading the game. And that's why I know that these guys are watching film and they're learning from the film. You know what I'm saying? They're learning from the film because they're reading the game in a way that they weren't reading it, like, earlier in the season. Just by the way I'm seeing him make back cuts, the way that he's feeling the game. Like, there was that one play, I think it was – um who they beat in the last game prior, yo? Um, yeah, it was the Pacers. In the Pacers game, when um, I can't remember the exact play, but it kind of looked like there was like some high-low action, and then Grady Dick made like a cut towards the basket, and it was and someone made a pass. It was kind of like a loop, but he cut the pass and it did like a reverse layup in the air. Like to me, that was some basketball IQ, just making the cut. But then there was also like awareness and feeling the game that there was a defender right down your throat. Because if you caught that ball and tried to go back up, you were getting blocked or you're making the shot harder for yourself. But like the finish itself was spectacular, right? So I'm really loving what I'm seeing from Grady Dick in his development. Ochayabaji, I was waiting. I was waiting. Now, I know he didn't have a great game last night against the Miles. Didn't really even play that much minutes, to be honest. Bruce Brown looked like he was taking his minutes. But anyways, I'll get to that point in a moment. Ochayabaji's reading the game well also, doing a lot of the same things that Grady is doing in terms of reading the game, making cuts, making passes. But the shot from three is also going down for him. So I'm really loving what I'm seeing between those two players and their development. Emmanuel quickly has looking like he's gotten on track since the All-Star break, right? When I saw him talk, he had an interview after the All-Star break or whatever, and then he was saying, like, yo, I got a chance to go. When they were asking him, like, yo, what are you doing on the All-Star break? Like, yo, I got a chance to go home, saw his moms and pops or his uncle, or you know what I'm saying? He saw his family, you know what I'm saying? And that makes all the difference in the world, you know, because for him, if you think about it, when he got traded, we headed right out on a road trip, right? And I think we came home for like one or two games or something, and then we went right back out on another road trip. So Emmanuel quickly hasn't really even got a chance to get settled in Toronto, if you think about it, right? And I know a lot of people were expecting him to be like, yo, Emmanuel quickly, when he gets the minutes now in Toronto, yo, he's going to be like the, uh, not the 1B, but he's going to be like, like the number two to Scotty Barnes, yo. And it hasn't shown up on a consistent basis, to be fair. But on some nights, he looks like definitely the number two. You know what I'm saying? But last night, he was going off. He was hitting his threes, making good plays. But he's been doing it all since the All-Star break. All since the All-Star break. His assists are up, obviously, as the minutes are up. But you see him looking to make the right pass at times. And then he's kind of having this thing where he's figuring out when to be aggressive and then when to pass the ball and be a facilitator. And these are things that will come more as these young players start to gel more and play with each other. And I'm totally cool with it. But, like, I just love what I'm seeing, at least from an offensive perspective, from these young players so far. 
including RJ Barrett, who since coming over from the Knicks, man, y'all got to admit it, man. He's been like a ball, a wrecking ball going through the lane, yo, playing with consistency, hitting the three, you know, manning up on defense. Now, you know, all those parts of his games we knew he had, but the passing, like Darko's offense right now, yo, yo, that's predicated on passing and finding the right players for the best shots and all that. Like RJ Barrett as a passer right now, you can see the development in his game, yo. He's making wicked passes. I think the uh, forget what game it was, but he had like seven or eight assists in the game. And I'm like, yo, RJ, yo, where was all this? Right? So sometimes it matters in terms of the system that you're playing in in order to utilize all of your skills. And what you're seeing is RJ Barrett, the reason why he was the number two pick over or number three pick overall in that draft that had Zion and John Morant. Right? Now, that's not to say that he's on those players' level, okay? I'm not saying that he's Zion Williamson or a, a, a Ja Morant. Like, I think those two players are just a level above R.J. Barrett. But, yo, R.J. Barrett is nowhere near a bust at the number three pick, averaging 22 points a game or whatever he's averaging. And then you, when you have the eye test and you see what he's doing on the court in terms of reading the game, making the right passes, hitting the three, the way that he drives to the bucket and protects the basketball and mans are just bouncing off of him. Bro, I did not know R.J. Barrett was so strong, fam. Respectfully pause. You know what I'm saying? The man is strong, Benjamin. Man's just bouncing off this guy when he's in the lane. And he's finishing over top. And the man loves a flex. You know the flex on this channel, B. RJ does. <laughs> be flexing out there, yo. Be flexing. Yeah, man. So, like, I'm loving what I'm seeing from this team, yo. And then, obviously, Scotty Barnes learning how to play as the number one option, yo. You see games where this guy is scoring big points, doing this and, and doing that. But right now, he's literally doing everything, right? Literally doing everything. Against the Pacers, he had a triple-double, his fourth triple-double of the season, which is now a Raptors record in a single season. And also in that game, in that triple-double, he had five blocks, which is the first time that a player in Raptors history had a triple-double and also recorded five blocks in the same game. Like, Scotty Barnes, man. Give it up for this team, man. Scotty Barnes, y'all. Yeah, bro. Like, for real. I'm loving what I'm seeing from this team in terms of them starting to come together. And I know that we want to win more games and all that stuff, but listen, this team is behind in terms of chemistry, time to build the chemistry because this team has just been overhauled since day one of training camp, overhauled. You know what I'm saying? So you have to set the right expectations. You know, a lot of other teams, their main players have been playing together all season long. So they've had the time to build that chemistry and the time to come together and gel as a team. And in most cases, they're probably a little bit more experienced than this young Raptors team that we got going on right now. Young Raptors team, yo. And I don't know if anyone remembers, <clears throat> but when we made that trade with the Sacramento Kings back in 2013, when we sent Rudy Gay over there and stuff, like the Raptors are starting to show some flashes, 
but they didn't make the playoffs that season, if my memory serves me correctly. It was the following season where the Raptors started to get their playoff, the, like a string of how, however many it was, nine or ten straight playoff appearances the Raptors had. You know what I'm saying? So, like, sometimes you just got to give things time, yo. Give things time. And if if I wasn't seeing the development from all these young guys, then I'd be like, I don't really like what I'm seeing. Like, yeah, or losing games or maybe you won some games. But what I'm seeing on the court doesn't look like a team that has the potential to do much more than what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? But that's not the case for me. That's literally not the case for me. I see this team starting to build something on the offensive end of the court, right? And then when you see Pirtle go down against the Pacers and then you see the resiliency that this that, that the Raptors showed and the toughness, right? Because now you're taking out your only shot blocker against a team that has Pascal Siakam that likes to work inside, Miles Turner, who can work inside but doesn't work inside enough for my uh, for my uh, for my liking, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, not my team, so I don't care. And then you have like Jalen Smith and those guys that play on the page. Like they have some guys that go inside. You have guys that attack the rim. You know what I'm saying? Tyrese Halliburton, these guys. So like for the Raptors to be able to still come out and get the dub in that game showed some mental toughness and resiliency as a team. I talked about it with Grady Dick earlier, but I'm seeing it as a full squad right now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm really loving what I'm seeing again. And I was concerned when Pirtle went down, like, damn, man, is he going to play? Is he going to play? Looks like he played last night against the Mavs. Didn't look like he had too many ill effects or anything like that. But that's a player that, like, I've been hearing, like, the Raptors may trade him in the offseason. I read that somewhere. Like, we're not trading Jakob Pirtle in the offseason, yo. And if we do, like, it needs to be for, like, another player that's going to protect the rim, yo. Because you literally cannot have no rim protection at all. You know what I'm saying? I know right now that, like, the NBA is, like, predicated on offense. You know, like, that's the deal now in the NBA. Offense, 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 right down your tro- trees and trees everywhere. But, like, you still need rim protection. Christian Coloco is not here on the roster. You know what I'm saying? Kelly O'Lillick is not a rim protector. Jante Porter right now playing with the Raptors 905. And shout out to the Raptors 905, by the way. If anyone's been paying attention, yo, these guys have like started to like look like they're putting something together. And Javon Freeman Liberty, last I saw, is like leading the NBA G League in points per game, man. Yo, shout out to them, man, and, and Javon Freeman Liberty, y'all. Which leads me to, you know, the Raptors right now are, are, are the goal is to fight for a playing spot, right? And I've been saying this all along. Listen, man, I respect everyone that's making Raptors stuff out here. No shade, no nothing. But I've been hearing a lot about tanking. And what's one thing I've been saying all along on this channel? No tank, B! We ain't tanking, yo. Tanking's for losers. We're not tanking. We're not tanking. Right? If you're losing games just based on the fact that you have a young team and they're developing and they haven't had a chance to so much gel as a team because it's a brand new roster, basically, around Scotty Barnes. You know what I'm saying? 
and you're losing games that way, but you're seeing guys continue to develop and stuff, then okay. You're losing games. We understand why. But don't try to tell me and sell me that the Raptors are tanking, yo. You don't want to have – we don't want that mentality to start seeping in to this Raptors organization. That is not the way that we have ever operated. We can talk about Tampa and all that, but Tampa is like an anomaly, dog. Like, we're going through a global pandemic at the time, right? Traveling into a different country, into Canada, couldn't do it, right, because of the restrictions and stuff that that, that the government had in place. You know what I'm saying? And then – Obviously, the Raptors are displaced. So I talked earlier about just like when you when you are an NBA player, you're signing up to like basically work on the road for 50 percent of the time. Right. Like imagine doing that for an entire season, an entire season. So I understand what happened in Tampa. Right. We can call it a tank all you want, but that's an anomaly. Right. The organization, if they could have figured out how to make some sort of agreement with the Canadian federal government where the sports teams were able to get some sort of travel exempt based on the fact that, hey, man, this is a pandemic or whatever. But at the same time, we need to continue to build the economy and stuff. There's a whole lot of things that go into that. Right. But obviously, public health at the time is, you know number one priority of, of, of governments around the world. You know what I'm saying? So I understand, right? Because you had the Blue Jays playing in Buffalo. You had um, the uh, the Raptors playing in Tampa. Can't remember what happened in the NHL and all that. But, like, truthfully, that was an anomaly, right? So what we're seeing this year from this Raptors team, there's no reason to tank. Ain't nothing happening with the Raptors that is, like, a, a, a crisis of, you know, in society we're talking basketball fam basketball you want the players especially these young players to always have a winning mentality you play to win the games right you play to win the game so yo it gives the raptors a goal to shoot for get into the playing because if you get into the playing anything can happen forget the draft pick and all that we got two more draft picks in the first round anyway and you got the first overall pick in the second half, in the second round. So don't worry about all that. Let the GM and the, the team president deal with that, yo. We're not tanking, yo. Just get that out of our minds, out of our system. We're not tanking, okay? So it gives the Raptors something to shoot for. Now, if they come up short in that, right, I want to see these guys, man, Javon Freeman, Liberty, and Marquise Noah, I want to see what they got with the Raptors. And this is what I was talking about earlier, right? That I said I was going to get back to. Jordan Noara is a free agent, right? In the offseason, a free agent, right? Gary Trent Jr., a free agent in the offseason. Bruce Brown has a team option, you know? Ochai Obaji, we still want to see more from you, but I like that you've bounced back after the All-Star break. You're starting to get a little more comfortable just being here in Toronto and playing with around some of these guys, right? All cool. But, yo, I need to see what these younger players look like, yo, because we're going to have to make some decisions in the offseason, and I'm not sure whether we're bringing back Gary Trent Jr. We'll get there when we get there. Whatever we're doing with Bruce Brown, 
I'm not sure, man. And I was thinking this a few days ago. I'm like, yo, what are we doing to the value of Bruce Brown in the offseason? You know, like, what are we doing with that, yo? And I think, like, there's two things that, like, the Raptors are, are probably looking at right now with the Bruce Brown thing, right? You believe this player has value around the league because going into the All-Star, not the All-Star break, going into the trade deadline, like, it felt like it was a foregone conclusion that Bruce Brown was going to get traded to some contender somewhere in the NBA, right? And it never happened. It never materialized, right? I'm not sure what trade offers were already on the table. We heard some rumors about a first-round pick and all type of stuff. I don't know. I ain't got no insiders in the NBA, right? Sometimes you hear stuff from Shams and Wolves and these guys, but, like, I don't know, man. Who knows what their sources are telling them sometimes? Now, a lot of times they come through, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you hear so many rumors and all that, and we don't really know what's true. And I always go back to, like, the OG Ananobi trade, right? Nobody said nothing about an OG Ananobi trade before it happened. I never heard nothing, Bridget. All I heard was, oh, the Raptors are going to have to make a decision going into the trade deadline because this team is losing games and they want to get some value for them because they're free agents in the offseason. OG can opt out, all type of stuff, right? Didn't hear nothing. Where, where are your sources at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, I ain't even tripping. I'm not even tripping uh, on, like, the rumors or whatever. But I digress. Bruce Brown, right? What are we doing to his value, yo? What are we doing to his trade value? Now, what I was saying was well, two things you need to think about. What's more valuable to you right now for Bruce Brown? Is it that you have young players like Oche Abaji, right? Jordan Noara, who can learn some stuff from a Bruce Brown who is like an ultimate glue guy on the team? Because that's really why, like, all of these contenders wanted Bruce Brown because he's a glue guy. He's like the ultimate glue guy. He's like the new PJ Tucker, right? Where like, you're not really expecting him to go off for 20 and all that type of stuff. Like he's going to do all the little things. And I'm not really seeing that so much with the Raptors recently from Bruce Brown, right? But what I am seeing is some development of some of the younger players. Although I'm not seeing anything from Jordan Noara. But anyways, the point that I want to make is if the Raptors are not able to get into position for a playing spot or maybe they're fighting for positioning later in the season, maybe it makes more sense for some of these younger players to play some meaningful basketball and you kind of have Bruce Brown kind of tutoring them and, ment and mentoring them throughout the game on the bench in the locker room in practice, all those types of things, right? And maybe that's more valuable to the Raptors than whatever was being offered to them at the trade deadline, right? And who knows? Like, teams may be literally at draft time. Like, yo, man, I'm not feeling this draft. Or you want to know what? We have this window right now to go and win going into the 24-25 season. And maybe having a veteran player on the team, the ultimate glue guy like a Bruce Brown is worth more than a young player first round pick that's maybe mid to late in the draft, right? So I don't think the Raptors are totally torpedoing Bruce Brown's trade value. 
What I do think is there might there may be some teams that may try to finesse you now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe some teams that try to finesse you now. But like later on this season, I, I would love to see players like Javon Freeman Liberty, Marquise Noel, Jordan Noir, Oche Abaji. Because Oche only played eight minutes yesterday, yo. Right? And that's after like playing some really good basketball recently. Right. Even if the numbers don't show you all that, like he's still hitting shots. He's making cuts. He's playing some defense, getting familiar with the team. But I'm seeing some more positive in him than what I saw when like the first couple of games after you got traded, where it's like, oh, bro. I don't know. But anyways, I think that, you know, I'd like to see some more development from these players. But I, I like what I'm seeing. And I ain't tripping on that, man. So, yo, Raptors got um, who they got coming up next, man. So that's it for February for them, by the way. They got the Warriors at home, the Hornets at home, the Pelicans at home, at the Suns. Man, next four games are some tough ones, man. Like, obviously, I feel like we should beat the Hornets. But those other three teams are no slouches, man. The Warriors, the Pelicans, and the Suns. And the Western Conference right now is crazy, bro. Yo, last night, last night I went to bed at halftime of the Lakers and Clippers. I'm tired, bro. Like, I got things to do in the morning, all that type of stuff. I'm like, yo, the Lakers are going to lose this game anyway. I'm not staying up for this. And LeBron ain't, like, breaking the record tonight. (laughs) He's over 40,000, you know what I'm saying? Wake up this morning. And I see LeBron James went off in the fourth quarter, hitting threes, assisting on everything. And the Clippers gave up a 19-point lead in the fourth quarter, losing to the to the Lakers. Yo, the Western Conference is wild right now. Just wild, man. And when I look at the standings right now, let's actually do that. Let's just look at the standings real quick. Because what is going on in the NBA is kind of nuts, man. It's kind of nuts. Oh, what I do here? Add it back. So, first off, actually, let's start in the West first. Start in the West, right? Look at the look at the playing tournament if the season was to end today in the West. This is insane, okay? Dallas, Sacramento, Lakers, Warriors. That is an insane in-season tournament. Sorry, not in-season tournament. Playing tournament if that was to happen, bro. Playing to the playoffs, right? Golden State, who feels like, because you heard Draymond talking the other day, feels like, yo, yeah, we're still contenders, yo. And we feel like we can beat anyone in a playoff series, yo. And I believe that that runs in the fabric of that team, which is why I say the Raptors don't don't even think about tanking, yo. Keep that championship mentality at all times, at all times. Stay focused on the prize. But yeah, Golden State. You know what I'm saying? They feel they can beat anyone. But then look at the Lakers, right? Look at the Lakers. Look what LeBron James is doing in what, year 21? You know what I'm saying? Year 21, and he's still playing at the level that he's playing at. Like, no one wants to see the Lakers at any point, whether it's a play-in or a playoff scenario. Both of these teams, Golden State and the Lakers. 
Sacramento Kings, listen, man, they are eight games over 500. They're only a game out of fifth, one game out. But this this was a team that finished, I believe, fourth in the West last year, or third in the West last year, actually. Right? And then they went to that seven-game series with, with Golden State. Like, yo. And then, obviously, we see Luka and Kyrie and what they can do. And they've bolstered their team now getting a P.J. Washington, who had a good game against us last night. P.J. Washington. Derek Lively, who, yo, when he's out there, he's just like a ball of energy, man. I like Derek Lively a lot. When we're talking about, like, trade rumors and all type of stuff, I was like, yo, Dallas might not be a bad team to trade with to go get a Lively. You know, but like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm happy with who we got right now. But anyways, insane, right? And then half a game in front of the the Dallas Mavericks is the Pelicans and the Suns, right? Obviously, Zion Williamson playing this season much more than he's ever played in in the NBA, it feels like. Kevin Durant and these guys and Devin Booker, like, come on, man. The Suns were actually my pick to go to the finals, the Suns and the Bucks, yo. Right. And then I, I had the Bucks winning the NBA title. That that was my prediction at the beginning of the season. And I'm going to keep that same energy. I'm still going to keep it there. I ain't going to change it up and all that. But yeah, man, like this five through 10 is, yo, these are all really good teams. All really good teams in the West. So if we got Phoenix, New Orleans, who did I say we had again? Phoenix, New Orleans, and Golden State that we got to play over there. All those teams are still playing for something for real, for real, right? And those are all dangerous teams that feel like Golden State feels like they still got it. You know what I'm saying? They just want to get into the dance and then cause disruption and see what happens, you know? The Pelicans, they feel like, yo, we finally got Zion healthy for a season now. We can finally make a run with C.J. McCollum and and, and B.I., Brandon Ingram. And then Phoenix... Their goal is to win a championship. And this is one of those teams that like they have a window right now, which is why I'm saying there's going to be teams like this that may want to trade for a Bruce Brown and give you a, a future pick or something. You know what I'm saying? A future first round. So, yo, man, it's going to be tough for this young Raptors squad to go in and try to win some of these games. You know what I'm saying? It's been against these, against these teams, right? And if we're trying to make a run, right now we are four and a half games out of 10th in the east right atlanta is without trey young but they're still winning some games they they beat up somebody the other day who they beat the other day like and i was like whoa um i think it was on yeah it's tuesday night they they, they slapped up the jazz now the jazz are not a great team anymore <laughs> you know what i'm saying but like yo they beat them by what was it 37 27 points something like that, 27 points like, that's a good win for them so these teams in front of us are not just going to roll over. You know, the Atlantas, the Brooklyn. Even Brooklyn had a bounce back. But Brooklyn, to me, is reeling, you know. Like, they made a change of coaching at All-Star break and stuff. Like, I'm really not sure what Brooklyn's doing, you know. But nevertheless, like, it ain't going to be easy, especially with the schedule that we got up in front of us and a young team. That there's going to be nights where they just don't look like the team that beat the Pacers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's going to be nights like that. And I don't think that we play bad against the Mavs. I just think defensively, there's still some things that need to be ironed out because we scored 125 points, right? It was Luca's birthday yesterday, I believe, and he went out for a triple-double. And like, there's stars all around the league. 
Luca's a superstar, actually. Luca's one of the few superstars in the league, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't use that word superstar loosely. But anyways, um, just incredible right now what we're seeing across the NBA with the play and stuff, like teams that are still alive and all that, and how close they are together and, and whatnot. Like the Raptors, like they're they are aiming for the playing tournament, and I think that's the right goal for them at this point in the season, right? Earlier, I was saying, well, maybe it might be better if we just lose some games. Or I, like, yo, know, if we're losing, it needs to be organic, yo. If we're looting, it needs to be organic. Like, we have our guys out there. Scotty Barnes is still out there doing his thing, right? Learning how to play as a number one option. Some nights he looks like he is on the verge of superstardom. And the other nights he just looks like he's going to be a star player. And the other nights, well, he struggled, you know? But that's no indictment on him, man. He's learning how to play as a number one option. And he's developing too, right? Third year in the league. He's developing too, yo. So that's what's going on right now with the Raptors and in the NBA. And just one other quick topic before I get out of here, all right? Like, the MVP race, man, I was looking at NBA.com, and they're supposed to have it up this week, but apparently, because of the All-Star break, they're not putting it up till tomorrow, but I still want to do a pod today or whatever. But the week-by-week MVP ladder updates, right? And... We are in week 18 right now, so it'll be up tomorrow. We'll see who's up there right now. But, like, man, Jokic, like, they still got Jokic as number one, right? And Shy Gilders Alexander as number two. Man, yo, I got Shy as the MVP right now, yo. And it's not just because he's Canadian, bro. The man puts up 30 every single night. And look how young this Oklahoma City Thunder squad is. Nobody saw this team taking this giant of a leap going into this year, right? You expected them to be around in the playoff mix and all that, but, like, number one in the West? I guess they're, like, number two right now, actually. But still, like, bro, they're half a game out of number one. Half a game out. Like, it makes no difference, you know? Like, Shy is doing his thing now. I'm not saying that Jokic doesn't deserve it or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? We're splitting hairs here. But, like, for me personally, I just never thought that the Thunder would be this high up in the in the standings right now. Just absolutely killing it as a team with Shy Gilders-Alexander leading the way. Now, you take Shy Gilders-Alexander off of this team, I'm not sure who they are. Like, I'm not sure if Chet Holmgren and Jalen Williams is going to be the ones that are going to, like, take them to a top-four team in the West. And same thing with Jokic. You know what I'm saying? You take Jokic off that team, and I don't believe they're a team that's fighting for a top-four either. So both of these guys are deserving. You know, they're both deserving. But, like, to me, the Nuggets have been a top team in the West for the past, what, three, four seasons now? And the Thunder, they're just making their making their appearance now as a big dog. You know what I'm saying? But to really be a big dog, for me personally, you got to make some moves in the playoffs, right? What do you do in the playoffs? Because if you get bounced out now in the first round to one of these teams that we were talking about earlier, like the Lakers or the um the Warriors, the Kings, the Mavericks, Pelicans, Suns, like, yo, it's be understandable if a young team loses to one of those veteran type squads or, you know, all these teams are good. But to me, that's opportunity. 
that is opportunity to make your name because if the if the Thunder can make it through the West to a Western Conference final, right? That's saying a lot because the West is strong this year. The West is strong, you know, and we we're talking about the East earlier, but like with Milwaukee getting off to a little bit of a, uh, you know, defensively, they haven't been that team, you know, Giannis and Dame have been figuring out how to work together, but they're still winning games, right? They made a coaching change and all that. So you don't know how that's going to translate in the playoffs. But to me, that's what makes them deadly as well. Like, they're not just sitting around being like, yeah, like, yo, just because we're winning games, we're not going to make moves. Like, the Bucs are figuring out how to get back to the finals, you know? And then Cleveland, I don't really believe in them like that, yo. I know a lot of people do out here. They keep talking about it because it's a nice story and all. But I don't believe in the Cavaliers, yo, respectfully. Like, I believe they could win a playoff series. You know what I'm saying? They go up against Indiana or Philadelphia or one of these teams, Orlando. Yeah, I think they could win a playoff series. You know what I'm saying? But to make it out of the East, like, I just do not see it, man. Especially with the Boston Celtics just absolutely annihilating the East right now. Absolutely annihilating the East. 27-3 and at home. And they're the first overall seed. So they are... Are almost unstoppable at, at at home this year, right? And they're the number one seed. And I don't see them giving that up eight games up on Cleveland right now unless one of their big guys goes down, a Jason Tatum and Porzingis and Jalen Brown, then they're out of here. You know what I'm saying? And knock on wood, I want none of that to happen. I want a nice NBA playoffs, yo. I don't want to be a hater Raptor fan because that's not who I am. But, like, I don't believe, like, yo, Joel Embiid going down for Philadelphia – Let's be real, man. As much as we love the East to like be the better conference because for so long the West has just been the more dominant conference, it's still the West, yo. <laughs> it's still the West. The West is still it, you know? The West is still it. And I love that I see two young, starving, hungry squads in Minnesota and Oklahoma kind of manning up right now in the West. You know what I'm saying? They're number one and two in the West, yo. So anyways... I got uh, Shy Gilders Alexander as my MVP right now, and that's just how I see it, man. So, yeah, dog. That's it for today, man. Yeah, like, yo, I had to make an appearance. I got to be all, I got a channel still. Yo, bro, you know the flex. Me had some stuff to do. <laughs> but, yeah, man, if you made it to the end of this video. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And if you're not subbed up, come on, man. What are you doing, guy? Sub up. <laughs> like. Yo, like, like, man, for the algorithm, yo. The algorithm. Let's get more people listening to the Raptors content. You know what I mean? Mans are outside. I'm talking Raptors stuff. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, whatever your flavor is, man. If you feel in my flavor, make sure you like, share, subscribe, comment down below if you feel in it. Or if you like, yo. Kyle, bro, we talking about, fam. <laughs> we talking about, let's tank. Listen, I will not stand for that tanking garbage, yo. That's my opinion, yo. I don't want to hear about no tank. If we lose organically, we lose organically. But the most important thing is that you have a common theme throughout the organization, which is winning. And sometimes winning means just developing your players. 
Develop your players. Make sure they get the playing time. Make sure that Scotty Barnes is on the court and he has a chance to build chemistry and gel with the other players on the team. You know what I'm saying? We ain't tanking. But if you feel differently about that, please comment down below. Um, if you think that Shy should not be the MVP, then you ain't Canadian, fam. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, yo. If you think Jokic is it, because Jokic is, yo, he might be the best player in the NBA, yo. He might be the best player in the NBA, all-around player, yo. But then you see guys like LeBron, man. By the way, just one other quick thing. I know I'm supposed to be signing off. But LeBron is 40 points away from getting to 40,000. And they play the Wizards tonight, which all of a sudden the Wizards are now the worst team in the NBA, tied with the Detroit Pistons at 9 and 49. Yo, fam, I think LeBron might go out tonight and put up 46 on the Wizards' head top. If he goes for 50, that'll be some iconic stuff, man. Yo, Bron, do it tonight, man. Make it iconic. Go put up a 50-point triple-double or something. You know what I mean? Turn it back to, like, 2008 on these guys, yo. Do that, bro. But anyways... Yeah, man, that's what it is, yo. So, yeah, man, do all that stuff. Like, share, subscribe, sub up, and all that. So, yeah, man, until next time, you know the flex. And it's me, guys.